Welcome to the Kids Art House Cinema. I'm Klaus, and the Art House Cinema is where we discuss the documentaries of the creators and the artists. And here's the host, Angus. Thanks, Klaus, and welcome back, kids, to the Art House Cinema. In today's screening room, we have a conversation, Mike Mignola, with Joshua Dysart from July 6th, 2016. This was a very interesting year for Mike Mignola. He had taken a sabbatical from comics and was devoting the entire year to watercolor painting. Joshua happened to capture Mike and sit him down for an hour-long conversation about the creative process, the legacy of Hellboy, and his love for art in general. Joshua had worked with Mike on not only Hellboy, but also the spinoff, BPRD. This insight that Joshua gets out of Mike is nothing less than spectacular. I can't help but think that their working relationship really facilitated a rather candid conversation around the creative process. The creation of Hellboy first started from a convention sketch. Mike had gone ahead and got himself in the comic book industry working for all of the various major houses. And in particular, he got well known for his rendition of Batman. He would be at comic book conventions and folks would come up and ask him to draw stuff and lots of Batman were done. Matter of fact, he even jokes that there's most likely everybody who ever wanted a picture of Batman when he was doing Batman has a picture of Batman. But occasionally, there would be convention goers. They would ask Mike, hey Mike, just sketch something that you would like to draw. Out of those con sketches came the early iterations of Hellboy. And one of those sketches was actually captured by Joshua, shown to us as an audience while Mike is describing that process as how he was inspired and really what he'd like to draw and do. Mike delves deep into his approach. He is a visual storyteller first. He thinks in color. He provides using visuals instead of being inside a character's mind. So therefore, you'll never see thought bubbles or very rarely will you ever probe into the mind of the characters. Mike would much rather have the illustrations speak for themselves on the page. Any narrative is conversation between characters and he prefers going about that as far as his comic book style is concerned. He discusses Hellboy in Hell series and the ending of the character. You take this one year to paint watercolors, and he really felt this was necessary in order to recharge the batteries. However, he found out within months of doing this that the creative itch to capture narrative and tell new stories was beginning to kick in. There's also a section of this conversation which delves into the amazing screw-on head and why Mike chose to do this series. In his own words, he says, hey, I'm a Berkeley art student. I needed to do a Berkeley art student book that nobody would want to read except for just him and that the Berkeley crowd would respect as being, hey, this is a true representation of the artist. Well, a little funny thing happened along the way and many folks became very, very enamored with that series. What Mike thought would be a throwaway for Dark Horse Comics actually became a bestseller, which really goes to show when you are getting the pure vision of a creative talent, 
sometimes you are actually getting the best that actually then connects with the audience members and fans of that talent. And indeed, Mike has a very strong relationship with his fan base. He wanted to draw what he wanted to draw in that series. And he said, you know what? In not only the Screw on Head series, but also Hellboy, he says, I'm very lazy in my own nature. He said, I wanted to draw skulls and demons and monsters. At one point when he was coming off of working for the majors, he was approached by Image Comics, who very much wanted to bring him into the stable. And of course, we've well documented Image's reputation of respecting creators' rights and allowing them to own their creations. But Mike was looking at the image of the 90s at the time and saying, you know what, I really don't want to draw superheroes, nor do I want to draw airplanes and cars and everything associated with the typical superhero genre. Instead, I wanted to go back to those things that pleased me on the page. Floating skulls, paranormals, lycanthropes, you name it. The stuff that would come to be signature Mignola in the Hellboy series. He goes on to say that he enjoys plotting, storytelling, scripting, but at the end of the day, he is a visual storyteller at heart. And he embodies the philosophy of less and more. Go simple, simplify it, and then execute on it. Once you begin to overthink things, you begin to ruin the creation. And he brought that up several times, and not only the visual storytelling, but going into complex narrative. We then focus in on the magician and the snake. And this was an amazing Eisner award-winning work that he did with his seven-year-old daughter at the time. So here is Mike's seven-year-old daughter who is jointly accepting an Eisner award along with him for this story. It was her original concept that then brought Mike to the table to then help her develop the story arc, and then ultimately he went ahead and provided the art for that. He goes into his personal impact on work. And what we mean by this is Joshua asks him that, you know, the personal impacts your work, how does that happen for you? Mike goes on to say that drawing is difficult. Making stories is difficult. In 22 years, you need to have something which is meaningful for you that has to be about something. And that's what Hellboy ultimately ended up becoming. There is no way, Mike goes on to say, that he would have been able to sustain Hellboy for 22 years without that motivation. I think that's critical. Art says something about the creator and the times. And under this particular heading and subject, Mike goes on to say, you know, I had to create my dream job. My dream job was not to draw Batman or Spider-Man. It was ultimately to create Hellboy, draw the things that I wanted to draw, my shapes, things that I would elongate, that I would manipulate, that were actually reflective of my passions right there on the page. And indeed, he went on to do that. They also probe into his influences, and specifically in art, one of his major influences happened to have been German Expressionism. Shapes have become his signature, floating skulls, elongated images, opposing angles. If you analyze something too much, ultimately, Mike says, you kill it. And the mantra that he has lived by when he's creating is, 
Can I get away with it? And indeed, he has pushed the boundaries on a lot of his art. He ultimately needs to satisfy his hunger to develop narrative, as well as satiate his artistic drive to see his shapes and his vision on the page. He gives great credit to the colorists that have come in and really accentuated his work. He delves into saying that although he has been a bit of a master of shadow and light, that actually doing black and white is quite challenging for him. He does like the use of color because he thinks in color to paint that picture, to create that drama, to help him facilitate the less is more mantra in his work. I cannot recommend this one hour conversation enough. Please go ahead, click on that link, give this a view. It really takes you into the creative process and the mind of Mike Mignola. Joshua Dysart does a fantastic job in asking the right leading questions from having worked with Mike to bring out the best in his responses and provide us, the viewer, with some fantastic insights into the creative mind of Mike Mignola. Please join us this month for Hellboy Omnibus Volume 1, Seed of Destruction. We would love you to read along with us and share your thoughts about this classic graphic novel by Mike Mignola. Mm -hmm.